I think, again, if you're paying attention to things that's going on around you, yeah. it's kind of easy to tell the future in some ways. For sure. Walk me through this uh, this encounter with the Netflix uh, CEO. Man, how did you make that happen? I'm glad you asked yeah. because, you know, we, we talk often in podcasting about, like, the stuff you see and you do, the stuff you don't see, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you, you see the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, talking to the co-founder of Netflix and Asking him about the blockbuster deal that yeah. didn't happen and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, asking him how about how he feels about Netflix and chill. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I thought that was <laughs> an interesting part of the conversation. But honestly, um, you know, and, and I think this is something else to to for your audience to be mindful of as well. Just because somebody doesn't have a large following don't mean mm-hmm. they don't have influence. Okay. So when I was, you know, just on social media scrolling, like yeah. you know, by this time, I'm like always posting business uh business content or whatever. So obviously gotcha. my algorithm is going to feed me that stuff, Most right? Stuff, yeah. So I said, you know, Mark Randolph. Like, who is Mark Randolph or whatever? He's like co-founder of Netflix. Oh, okay, that's cool. Then I look at his follower account. He's like 2,500 followers. Yeah. And I'm like, he's the co-founder of Netflix. Like, it's the Netflix. Yeah, he yeah, only yeah. has 2,500 followers. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. Yeah. Shoot my shot. Say, hey, I would love to have you on the Startup Life, you know, just to kind of tell your story. I think you'd be, you know, your content would be very valuable for our yep. audience and stuff like that. And he was like, cool, yeah. no problem. And so he was like, you know, hey, let's do it. But you need to talk to my, you know, my assistants, my the gatekeepers, yeah, if you yeah, will, right? Sure. So the gatekeeper was like, who are you? Mm-hmm. What's your following? This, that, and the other. So I gave him that information. They was like, okay. you're there. You're almost there, but not yet. Okay. Build your following a little bit more mm-hmm. and, you know, come back and holler at us. And I was like, okay, let me think about this. How can I build my following instantaneously overnight? And so I thought about what have people have been doing before that? Yeah. Radio. How can we syndicate the show to radio? Radio is a traditional medium. Everybody's okay. familiar with it. That would be an instant pop yeah. to get that, that listenership. Okay. So... Me being me, man, you know, I literally reached out to, and again, this is the part people don't see. Yeah. I reached out to over 400 radio stations around the country. Wow. Just calling? Call, cold calling. Yeah. Like cold calling, Ooh. emailing. I mean, you know that game. <laughs> hey, what's going on, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of the Equity Tap Network. Listen, man, I need y'all to do me a favor. Grab something to take notes. I got a real good friend of mine with me. And my guy, Dominique Lawson with Owls Education Company. Man, Dominique, you've been in the podcast game for a minute, man. I'm excited to have this conversation. I, I appreciate you having me, man. You know, it's, it's, it's been a minute since we connected and... I was uh, appreciative. No, we talked off camera a little bit as far yeah, as yeah, like, yeah. you know, wanting to have the opportunity to come on. You came on my show years ago. So yep. definitely looking forward to returning the opportunity. How so. long ago was that? Ooh, I want to say that was definitely pre-pandemic. Yeah, so like yeah, 2018, sure. maybe 2019, somewhere okay. around there. So yeah, yeah, yeah that sounds years, about right. A couple of years, yeah. But I know, man, since then, um, we actually had had you scheduled on the podcast, and I know that uh, we had a lot of things going on. Yeah. And I was like, man, let's not rush it, because I know at that time, and still, you you just checked off a ton of boxes, man, when it comes <laughs> to accomplishments in the, in the podcast. So my thing was, I didn't want to record it too early and miss out on some of the, the success that we can talk about in the podcast. Space, I got you. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. So look, man, our goal is with the Equity Tap is to help our audience raise their business IQ so that they can tap into uh, more of their uh, equity. Mm-hmm. So we talked the entrepreneurs, man. I know uh, you've had a podcast in the entrepreneur space, so we'll dive into that. But before we get in too deep, uh, just kind of let people know, you know, your background, a little bit about you, and then we'll go from there. 
Sure thing. So, you know, again, name's Dominic Lawson, born and raised in the beautiful land that is Memphis, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I uh, spent some time in the Army as okay. well. Spent five I years in the that. Army. Yeah, spent five years in the Army. Uh, truck driver, 88 Mike, uh, for anybody who's familiar <laughs> with, uh, you know, military alphabets and stuff like that, nomenclatures and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, 88 Mike, and then um, got out of the Army. Uh, I actually got out of the Army because... Um, I got a, a military uh, medical retirement, okay. if you will. So while I was in, I got like a heart condition. It literally had a common cold. Wow. And it was a viral infection of the heart. And mm-hmm. so Uncle Sam was like, hey, you know, we appreciate your service. Yeah. But uh, I think you're done now. <laughs> I, th- <laughs> I sure. think you're done. And so uh, so that happened. So uh, got out. I was married before. I had two kids. Got divorced. Got okay. remarried. Had another kid. Stuff like that. And so now me and my current wife, we run Al's Education Company. Mm-hmm. And so basically it's a, um, a platform where we cr- uh, create uh, not only media, but also, you know, educational tools for yeah. districts, uh, nonprofits, uh, schools, okay. stuff like that. So that's kind of the lane we're in. And from there, uh, you know, people were asking me, you know, when you start a business or we start a podcast or whatever, people yeah. start asking you, hey, how you start a business, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what do I got to do? Get your LLC and this, that, and the other. Yeah. You, you know those conversations, <laughs> sure. right? And so basically, I, you know, I would answer those questions. I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? There's too many questions to answer. Let me start this blog. Yeah. So I was writing a business blog for like a year or whatever, okay. right? And then it was my wife was like, hey, there's this thing called podcasting, right? Maybe... Mm-hmm. You know, you may want to think about that, yeah, right? Yeah. So I took about a month to uh, think about podcasting and, and and researching and stuff like that. Gotcha. And then on November 1st, 2016 is when I launched the Startup Life Podcast. 2016. 2016, yeah. yeah. And so I always knew that, um, you know, once I learned more about podcasting, it was going to be a thing, right? Yeah, because yeah. one of the things I started noticing, that was around the time where a lot of uh, cars were coming off the assembly line with that in-dash touchscreen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my bet was, okay, this thing is going to grow, and I think that's going to be one of the vehicles to help it grow, right? Because like I said, you know, podcast has been around since, depending on who you ask, 2003, 2005. For sure. Uh, But it it wasn't really picking picking up until you know maybe a few years ago definitely during the pandemic right yeah, yeah, pandemic yeah. came and like every everybody and their mom and their neighbor had a podcast for sure for sure <laughs> and, and that's not a bad thing yeah. it just it is what it is yeah uh, but that was my bet though but 2016 november 1st 2016 i launched the uh, startup life podcast mm-hmm. and um it was a 30 minute episode it took me okay. six hours to record <laughs> so i live in in south haven and if you're not familiar with south haven here in the memphis area it's just below uh below just south of memphis yeah, right so yeah. it's in mississippi and so we're in the flight path of fedex planes at oh, night yeah. and oh, so man. there was like all these planes overhead <laughs> messing with my audio man it was a whole thing mm-hmm. uh but no from there we, we we grew the show you know like i was telling you off camera a lot of people didn't want to come on the show yeah. at first mostly because they didn't know what a podcast was sure, you know some sure. people's like yeah you know who are you why mm-hmm. why would i want you know that whole you know ego entourage yeah, type yeah, of thing yeah, but yeah. it is what it is right comes with it yeah, yeah. but i tell you this though kelvin what really made the show took off is when we landed the co-founder of netflix yeah so when you when you talk about you know somebody one of the premier businesses in american history and you uh-huh. land the co-founder of that yeah people start like take notice okay right people take notice uh, say, yo, yeah, I come on the podcast now. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah, sure. let's let's do it, right? <laughs> you know, and you know, it's and, and but but by that time, you know, and at this probably 
a great lesson for your uh, equity chasers here mm-hmm. is like by the time it's you know you know it's 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 popular or whatever yeah. it may be too late yeah. to get in yeah. right so sometimes you got to have that vision beforehand yeah. to kind of buy in for sure before it takes off you and know I what i mean i wanted to ask you that man because you said something that uh, sparked my interest you said that you noticed uh, the car assemblies and right, just right. that small technology change sparked the interest in you to say, "Hey, I can see the trend and where this is going." There's a lot of people that saw that same trend but didn't think that same line. So, man, what was it that made you see that one thing and be like, "You know what? This is gonna be something." I have always had the belief, Kelvin. Real talk mm-hmm. that like is actually not it's not a, an exact science and it's not a hundred percent foolproof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of easy to tell what's gonna happen next. Okay. Because I think if you pay attention to what's happening around you, mm-hmm. you can kind of know, okay, you know, X leads to Y, Y leads to Z, and so For on. Sure. And so it that's what that equation, yeah. right, exactly, right. So that's what it was, right? Okay. It's like I'm paying attention. I see a lot of people, you know, you know, starting podcasts or whatever. I yeah. see these assembly lines, you know, kind of, you know, these cars coming off assembly line, you yeah. know, with these in dash audio. I'm seeing more and more people on you know, YouTube and social media telling yeah. their stories, telling stories, creating content, mm-hmm. right? You know, but they can't, you know, I mean, you're not supposed to like watch videos while you yeah. drive, but you can listen <laughs> to audio while you drive, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's like, I feel like that's going to be a thing here mm-hmm. in the future. So I just, you know, I, I, I dived in a little bit and then yeah. I just went all in, okay. you know, at that point. But I, I, I think, again, if you're paying attention to things that's going on around you, it's yeah. kind of easy to tell the future in some ways. For sure. Walk me through this uh, this encounter with the Netflix uh, CEO. Man, how did you make that happen? I'm glad you asked yeah. because, you know, we, we talk often in podcasting about, like, the stuff you see and you do, the stuff you don't see, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see, you, you see the, uh, you know, the, 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 you know, talking to the co-founder of Netflix and asking him about the blockbuster deal that yeah. didn't happen and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Uh, asking him how about how he feels about Netflix and chill. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I thought that was an interesting <laughs> part of the conversation, but honestly, um, you know, and, and I think this is something else to, to, for your audience to be mindful of as well. Just because somebody doesn't have a large following don't mean mm-hmm. they don't have influence. Okay. So when I was, you know, just on social media scrolling, like uh-huh. you know, by this time I'm like always posting business, uh, business content or whatever. So obviously my algorithm is going to feed me that stuff, right? So I said, you know, Mark Randolph, like who is Mark Randolph or whatever? He's like co-founder of Netflix. Oh, okay, that's cool. Then I look at his follower account, he's like 2,500 followers. And I'm like, he's the co-founder of Netflix. Like it's the Netflix. He only has 2,500 followers. (laughs) So I was like, you know what? I'm going to shoot my shot. Yeah. Shoot my shot. Say, hey, I would love to have you on the Startup Life, you know, just to kind of tell your story. I think you'd be, you know, your content would be very valuable for our audience and stuff like that. And he was like, cool, no problem. Let's do it. How early was this in your podcasting career? Now, to be fair, this was 2019. This is 2019. So we we have been in the game since then, right? So, uh, you know, so we had built a little bit of a follow, but not nothing that was like astronomically high or whatever, right? And so... He was like, you know, hey, let's do it, but you need to talk to my, you know, my assistants, my the gatekeepers, yeah, if you yeah, will, right? For sure. So the <laughs> gatekeeper was like, who are you? Mm-hmm. What's your following? This he had any other. So I gave him that information. They was like, okay. you're there, you're almost there, but not yet. Okay. Build your following a little bit more, mm-hmm. and you know, come back and holler at us. And I was like, okay, let me think about this. How can I build my following instantaneously? Overnight, and so I thought about what have people have been doing before that? Yeah, radio. How can we syndicate the show to radio? Radio is a traditional medium; everybody's okay. familiar with it. That would be an instant pop. Yeah, 
to get that that listenership. Okay. So me being me, man, you know, I literally reached out to, and again, this is the part people don't see. Yeah. I reached out to over 400 radio stations around the country. Wow. Just calling? Call, cold calling. Yeah. Like cold calling, Ooh. emailing. I mean, you know that game. <laughs> How long did it take you to go through 400 radio stations? Quite, a, quite about a month. Okay, about okay. a month. Like this is pretty consistent, right? Yeah. Like you know, I had like you know, like a you know, like how it is when you're in sales and stuff like that. You yeah. have a sales quota sheet, and, mm-hmm. you know, you just go down the list, right? Now I know you said you were in the uh, the army and drove trucks. Mm-hmm. Did you have a sales background as well? Well, I, I did. Used to like when I got out of the army, I did spend some time in banking or whatever, right? Okay, so, so okay. I was a personal banker at a gotcha. few the neighborhood banks here in in the neighborhood. So that's where honestly. Not, I, I kind of learned my sales acumen, but also a little bit of like small entrepreneurship because anybody gotcha. who's been a personal banker at a, at a bank, you're kind of running a small business anyway. Yeah, and yeah. so you you're you're privy to certain conversations, certain you know uh, ways, you know money move and stuff like that. So yeah. I just like you know like just soak all this in for sure. Right. So took that, you know, called the 400 radio stations, you know, about most of them said no. Yeah. uh, Well, no, most of them didn't respond. Okay. Uh, About 30 of them said no. And 11 11 of them said, let's do it. Yeah. Right. Now, some of them where they were like, you know, you know, you got to pay for some airtime. So I was like, you know what? We're looking for content anyway. Gotcha. Let's just do it. Right. Okay. Okay. And so I Hmm. went back to the, uh, the people, you know, for the, you know, for Mark Randolph's people. Yeah. And they was like. Let's do it. Let's okay. schedule it. And so that's kind of how we was able to do that. And so it so took you thirty days. To, it took, to get took me back about to, to about thirty days, okay. right? And so, oh man, you was hungry. To, and, and one radio station where it had the largest pop, I had to make a significant investment in airtime. Okay, because the thing is, my show was going to come on an hour before Dave Ramsey's. Oh. That's so prime that's time, yeah. and this this is morning drive. Okay. So like that was like prime real estate. I was like, yeah. like you know what? I talked to my wife Kenda. You mm-hmm. know who is her idea to start a podcast. I was like, I think I can do this. I yeah. think I can turn this into a thing. She was like, let's do it. We mm-hmm. made this. We made made the investment. You how know much, how much was the investment? I got to ask. I mean, this is like what twelve hundred dollars a month. Okay, twelve oh, yeah, yeah, for a new podcast. Yeah, That's for yeah, twelve hundred dollars a month, okay. right? You know, which actually is pretty cheap yeah. when you talk about you know what the market and stuff like mm-hmm. that. I think Memphis is like the fifty to fifty second market, okay. radio market in Memphis, gotcha. and so to have drive time, morning time, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, spot is pretty significant. Okay, so we made that investment, and uh, you know, went back to them. They was like, "Hey, let's do it, no yeah. problem." Had them on, had a great conversation. Yeah. And then from there, man, it was like, like just like this, this treasure trove of people just mm-hmm. started coming through. We talking about the the co-founder of Rue Twenty One, the co-founder yeah. of Paychecks, the co the, the founder <laughs> of Dunkin' Donuts. Like all these people just start coming through. And so when those people start coming through, mm-hmm. who you think else came through? Sponsors, okay. Sponsors came through, yeah. right? And so those folks was like, you know, hey, who who is this little skinny black kid in Memphis pulling these big time business people, yeah. you know, stuff like that? And so they, you know, kind of got to know the story and stuff like that. And honestly. You know, we you know we was talking off camera. We we did a lot of talking off yeah, camera. Yeah, yeah. You know about equipment and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I've always been, especially in the entrepreneurship space, have been one to like, you know, do the work, and then the work will justify the piece of equipment you need to buy. Now, if you already got it, then gotcha. go ahead yeah, 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 pay yeah. for it. But if you ain't got it, mm-hmm. like I don't believe in buying all the bells and whistles yeah, up yeah, front. Yeah. Like you know, I feel like you should work up to that. Yeah, and for know. some people, that is a hindrance, right? Right. You you get all of this stuff, and you get more interested in the technical side when really that's not the side that grows a podcast. Right. Right. And you know, and on the flip side of that is like sometimes you know you realize that like 
you know, you, you buy all this equipment and you realize like, this ain't for me. This ain't, you know, yeah, and now yeah, you got yeah. all this equipment that's mm-hmm. just collecting dust. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in doing it that way, it at least reinforced it like, hey, this is my thing. Podcast is my thing. Yeah. I want to go forward with that. Uh, but yeah, man, you know, but from those sponsorships, I, I bought my first Rodecaster Pro, okay. bought, bought, you know, upgraded some equipment, yeah, 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 yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but no, man, that is how that happened. But for like sure. just putting that bet on like, hey, I'm just going to. I feel like getting him on this business show is yeah. going to be a significant investment. So I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to do it. And Walk so that's what we went there. Man, a little bit. Sure. Because um, you said you reached out to 400 radio stations. Mm-hmm. Out of those, 11 of them. Uh, about 11 of them. 11 of them said yes. 30 of them said no. The okay. rest of them just didn't respond. What was the? Uh, how many of them did you end up? Uh, putting the show on all, all 11 of those Oh you yeah. went with all 11 Yeah of them. I went all 11 okay. of them Yeah cool. like I said Some of them were You know one of them Was like a major Significant yeah, investment yeah. Right but others Like maybe you know $60 a month Or $40 a month And some of them Were just like Yeah I need content Let's just put now, it on I'm there curious, yeah. In that 30 days What percentage of growth Did you see uh, From doing that It had to have been At least 50% growth wow. At least 50% growth Because okay. we went from You know having like You know maybe 2,000 uh, subscribers To like yeah. A little bit over What 4,000 and then 6,000 and you know so on and so on it and so on it just started from growing from there yeah, right yeah. because the people wanted to hear from these business minds because yeah. I, I was telling people all the time like I have people on the show who you may not know who they are but you know what they've done yeah yeah right you know so the companies we, they represent exactly yeah, the yeah. companies they represent and so it was just um I'm just really glad I, I you know not to be on the ego trip but I pat yeah. myself on the back sometimes like man past Dominic you did. You made the right call, brother. Because yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, you made the right call. Because had you not done that, we wouldn't be here now. Yeah, we wouldn't be here now. I want to get into the uh, the sales side of things. Sure. The, uh, the sponsorships in just a second. But what I want to yeah. do first, man, you've not only you know been able to interview some some major you know key players, but man, you won a Webby. Uh, you've done some things at the Essence. You've been on a panel. Like, man, your, your accomplishments in this game is crazy. <laughs> Rattle off just for the audience some of the things that you've been able to accomplish in this space. Less than a decade, man. Right. You've been killing it, yeah. So, you know, we've been fortunate to have definitely some success, and there's some stories behind those successes. Okay. Uh, but at the end of it, you know, 14-time award-winning podcast, yeah. podcaster, uh, which includes a Webby, which afforded me and my wife a trip to New York to hobnob with Tracy Ellis Ross and yeah. SZA and stuff like that, <laughs> which was pretty cool, right? Yeah. You know, uh, you know. But we also got to make a connection with some people at MSNBC and kind of do some some uh, some collaborative stuff with them and stuff like that. Okay. But also, hopefully, with the NAACP because we were all sitting at the same table at okay. the award ceremony, right? Gotcha, so gotcha. obviously, as a prime opportunity, like, hey, you know, so you know, I do this. What do you do? You mm-hmm. know, let's. Let's work on something like that. For sure. But yeah, like, you know, it's afforded me opportunities to not just have sponsorships, but also speak at South by Southwest. Yeah. Uh, but also at the same time, you know, have uh, the the opportunity to work with uh, Meadows Behavioral Health Care. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so this is uh, one of the leading behavioral health companies in the country wow. that, that focuses on trauma and recovery and addiction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so they saw some of the work that I was doing is like, hey, would you be willing to do this for us? We, yeah. my our guy just left for NPR. You know, we think you could be really good in this role. Yeah. And so now I am the, you know, uh, the lead, what is it called? Host, editor, and producer podcast for The Meadows and, yeah. and doing that work, uh, which is interesting because it's not just, 
you know, doing something that I love, but it's doing something I love that helps people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, sure. because, there's, you know, when we talk about the pandemic or even, you know, before the pandemic, mental health and behavioral health has, has been a thing. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, on yeah. the negative side, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, we know suicide rates are going up. We yeah. know addiction rates are going up. And so to be able to use my my craft and my talent to be able to help with that. Yeah. Uh, says something as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but really quickly, you know, I'll, I'll share this because, you know, obviously I was in podcasting pre-pandemic yeah. and we know during the pandemic, a lot of people had podcasts, right? Yeah. And so I knew then, again, you know, you, you, it's easy to kind of tell the future if you know what's paying attention what's going on around yeah. you. Mm-hmm. And so what I did was up until that point in March of 2020, I had did 150 episodes of the startup life. Okay. But I knew the sat, the market was going to get saturated. So I was like, I need to go to the supercharge mode or something yeah. like that. So in those eight, in those next 18 months, I did 187 episodes of the startup life. What? Yes. So you doubled your, Correct. your basically episodes. Yes. In, in what window of time? In 18 months. Wow. In 18 months. Because again, I knew that you know, more people, everybody was at home. Yeah. And yeah, podcast yeah. was, was like right on the cusp of like, you know, popularity and people doing yeah. and stuff like that. But if you're at the house, you got nothing else to do. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know, you, your credit card and the Amazon account, you know, you can have, yeah. you can have <laughs> microphones stuff shipped to the house yeah. and start making content or whatever. So mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to stand out in that regard. And so flooding the, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, algorithm or whatever with my content. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helped, but hey, you know, uh, the Meadows like, you know, find me. Okay. Right? And so it pushed me up that, that you know, the, the charts or whatever, because yeah. that's the thing is like once, you know, just like YouTube or something like that, Apple Podcasts, that algorithm rewards you. Okay. And I, I feel like every 50 episodes, I don't know that to be, know this to be true, yeah, yeah. but it felt like every 50 episodes, I would get a nice bump. Okay. Right? You know, as far as like, you know, downloads and views gotcha. and things of that nature. But no, man, like taking that, that, uh, that additional risk of like that 187 episodes yep. during that period. Yeah. Again, paid off. And I know that uh, when people hear that, right, they think 100 and something episodes or 180 something episodes, right? What we're doing now, we turn on the camera and we go. Truthfully, we're just vibing. We're having a conversation. Right. Your style of podcasting is completely different, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and I know you do the the NPR style. Right. And break that down just real quick. Sure. For so, so so when I did those 187 episodes, it was similar to this style right here. Like, okay, okay. Yeah, it, it was, was the startup life. It was the startup life, right? It was the startup life, yeah. Okay. So it, it is that that style of show, right? But even still, that's not a... That's a lot. I mean, as you know, that's not a cakewalk, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, you know, 150 over four years, 187 over 18 months. Yeah, that, that, let's just say it was a lot of long nights. Let me ask you this regard, too, man, about that. What was your release schedule for something like that? So the original one eighty that you did was it once a week? It was what like was once it? a week, right? Okay. But like during that, it was like two, three times a week. So, but, yeah. but so it was like I was doing different types of content. So it was like be the main anchor content of like you okay. know the one on one conversation, sure. and then I would start doing something called startup pivots, where I was doing, and th- honestly, this kind of leads into the NPR style of show where right. I was like. You know, telling the story of how these these companies, you know, that pivot point to where they went mm-hmm. from kind of good to great to kind of quote the yeah, book a little yeah, bit, yeah. right? You know, that pivot point. So I did one with about Nike, and I did one with Nintendo, mm-hmm. and it was more storytelling yeah. and like sound effects and stuff like that. 
And then I was doing another one where I'll like, you know, kind of give commentary on an article. So it was like two to three times a week okay. as opposed to just once a week. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's one thing to flood with more content. Yeah. That helped the algorithm, but that doesn't necessarily help the audience. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to help the audience and give them something different yeah. and like, you know, have variations of different types of style of content. Yeah. And it reminds me of something that a, a previous guest you had on Samuel Nelson said about mm-hmm. the Apple, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, you know yeah, about sure. about different types of you know the, the Apple. Everybody's heard about an Apple, mm-hmm. but if you slice it different ways, it could be applesauce, it could be apple juice, it yeah. could be whatever. And I've always believed that, and that's a tenet with my type of content. I tell people all the time: if you want to make engaging content, there's two things to remember. Mm-hmm. One, tell me something I've never heard before, okay. or two, present it in a way I've never heard it before. Yeah, yeah. And, and a classic example is that 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 new Elvis movie that came out of, about a year yeah. or two ago, right? I like it. I watched I, I, it. Yeah. I, I've I've heard the story of Elvis. We live in Memphis. Heard yeah. the story of Elvis about a thousand times, For sure. <laughs> but we've never seen it like that before. Yeah. We never heard it like that before. It was, it was presented in a different way. For sure. And so when you're creating content and making it engaging, I think that's one of the things that's helped me out yeah. as well. But just to you know go back to your question about the NPR style basically if you're familiar with like shows like this american life or you know in, uh, new york times daily it's mm-hmm. a storytelling non-fiction narrative style so basically how me and you are having a conversation mm-hmm. uh you know uh back and forth ping pong style yeah. right so in a non-fiction narrative style what i would do Take this same content mm-hmm. and maybe what you said at minute 23 okay. will go at minute one in the actual podcast. And so you're you're cutting audio mm, and okay, putting okay. it in different places, kind of yeah, similar to what you're doing when you, you know, take this right here and then mm-hmm. put it in different, you know, uh, Instagram, show yeah, form, stuff like up, that. Uh-huh. But you're doing it in a more engaging more intentional style and like gotcha. you know like hmm this goes better here and this goes better here. it's almost like minority report if you yeah, remember that yeah. movie where you're moving stuff around okay. it's kind of like that but this style has proven to be more engaging because it has that storytelling style for sure this is that professional style journalistic style mm-hmm. of show people connect with stories 100 percent, 100 percent. you know i i can tell you i think it was maya angelou who said like i can i can tell you facts and figures mm-hmm. but if i tell you a story it's gonna you know you're going to remember how you felt yeah, at, yeah, at that absolutely. moment, right? You know, so, but no, it's it, it's been one of the things where, again, I had to pivot mm-hmm. and transform yeah. just like I did, you know, in starting the podcast and during the, the pivot during the pandemic and yeah. then want to make sure I want to elevate my game because I want to I want to go after, you know, uh, big time contracts and yeah. different type of styles and stuff like that. And with that webbing, I'll just land my plane here, mm-hmm. you know, doing that style not only won me a Webby, but it maybe give it allowed me to give ESPN an L. Yeah, because they were in that same category. Oh, right. for that Webby, right. you told yeah, me. That. ESPN yeah, ESPN was in that category for uh, for documentary style show. So it was me, <laughs> ESPN, Slate Magazine, Lemonada, and uh, Travel Oregon, and yeah. so I, I beat them all. That's crazy. I man. beat them all, and it, and it was just me. Yeah, right? I, I, I make the joke all the time. Thank you for that. I make the joke all the time. ESPN is a billion dollar company, and yeah. I beat them with the budget of a uh, Wendy's four for four. <laughs> for sure. So. That's cold, man. That's that's crazy. Yeah, man. Yeah. Let me ask you. I still want to get into the no, money, for sure. the money side, the 100%. sponsorship side. Yeah. But before we jump into that part, man, I gotta ask you because it's been a trend through this conversation, right? You got a you, your vision. You see changing markets and you you pivot. I'm just curious, what do you see in the market now and kind of what is the vision? Like what are you what, what are you pivoting towards now? 
I think right now I'm pivoting more towards honestly, kind of where you already are right now. Short okay. form content, gotcha. you know that that short form content taking these long form pieces and allowing people to come into your world to to try out the long form, right? Yeah, because yeah. nonfiction narrative takes a long time to do. Like yeah. it, it takes a long time. That's why when you see shows like a lot of your true crime shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, you may be wondering why it's only seven or eight episodes. That's yeah. because it's 20 people <laughs> and it takes sometimes years yeah. to do those eight, nine, ten episodes, wow. right? Wow. So that's what I'm I'm trending towards right now. And then I think something else, you know, and it is kind of technical, mm-hmm. but I'm hearing a lot of like up, upgraded like audio formats or whatever, right? Okay. So there's a thing called Dolby Atmos that's kind of big right now yeah, yeah, to yeah. where, you know, your multi-billion dollar studios are using this, right? Mm-hmm. And so, but as we know, you know, whether it comes with the Rodecaster Pro yeah. or as my favorite technology, PlayStations, you okay. know, after a while it gets cheaper. Yeah. And yeah. so that technology is going to become cheaper once mm-hmm. at a price point where I can afford and everybody yeah. else can afford. So I'm trying to figure out you know, so I'm listening to those podcasts to see how they're using it. Yeah. Right. And so that way I can use it in my own, you know, style of content and stuff like that. Gotcha, and Adobe gotcha. Atmos is it's like, you know, when you go to the movies and they're like, oh, around oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that mm-hmm. that's coming to podcast. Wow. Right. So that style, that 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 technology is coming to podcast. Yeah, Some yeah, people yeah. are already oh, playing around dope, with yeah. Oh yeah, it's dope. It's dope. Is that spatial audio spatial? Type, that's exactly yeah. what it is. Okay. Right. Type of thing. So that that's where I'm seeing and that's where I'm trying to gear towards the next spot. You know, probably had to get a, a nice benefactor to to, yeah, yeah. to do that. <laughs> but you know, but like I said, that technology is gonna come down. That price point is gonna come down. So when it does come down, I'm gonna be right there to try to leverage it. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so man, let's jump into the money. Yeah. Let's talk about sponsorship. The money. I think, um some people do podcasting for several different reasons, right? You may already run a business, it's just a way to direct yeah. traffic. But there is a large population of people to get in because they see the opportunity to monetize, right? Right. Talk to me about that, man. At what point did you start attracting ads or did it start coming to you? And what all were you did you have to do to be prepared to, you know, take advantage of the, the advertising opportunities? I'm I'm glad you asked that that last part of that question mm-hmm. because, you know, just because you can monetize doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because, you know, it's one thing to monetize and get the check and this and the other, but that check comes, respons- responsibilities come with that check, yeah, yeah, right? Sure. You know, we, we tell people to get, uh, I think it's called owners and, I, I, keep, I keep screwing it up, all, owners and errors insurance, right? Okay. So owners and errors insurance is something that you should get. That way, you know, if you're found, like you're using the content incorrectly or mm. you have a contract with a sponsor and yep. you didn't put the ad at minute four when you you you're supposed to put the ad at minute seven, but you put it at minute four. Okay. And that's not what y'all agreed upon. Wow. And so you can get sued yeah. by the the person sponsoring hey, you, right? So uh, uh, again, like and I just and I'm not I don't say that to scare people. Yeah. I say that to be upfront. Yeah, like yeah. again, just because you can monetize doesn't mean you necessarily should. And you might not just be ready yet. And that's yeah. fine too. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, because there's all this stuff you have to manage from not just creating your content, but making sure they're happy. Make sure yeah. they're happy with the read. Mm-hmm. And if they give you the uh the uh the freedom to come up with your own kind of whatever, they have to be happy with that. Yeah. So uh, again, you know, just know that. That check, the responsibility comes with that check. And it yeah. ain't just a simple just getting a check, cashing it, reading a live read, mm-hmm. and there you go. So there's are, so there's that part. Man, what are some of the other things that they that they they're sticklers for when it comes to that? Because I do think a lot of people, this is interesting. I hadn't really even dived into it myself because mm-hmm. I haven't taken on a lot of sponsors. I got a couple sponsors here and there, but 
What are some of those things that they look for? You said that they make sure that it's placed at the right time. What are some of those other things that uh, we don't consider? Uh, also, to make sure that it comes out when you say it's going to come out. So if it's supposed okay. to come, so let's say you have a deal with Target, mm-hmm. right? And they got like, and it's Black History Month, yeah. right? They don't want to hear that content in March, yeah, for obvious reasons, for sure, right? Because that's too late, or mm-hmm. they don't want to hear it too early. They want to hear. They say, hey. You said you was going to put out this episode of XYZ Podcast okay. on February 17th or February 18th. Yeah. We need to hear it at February 18th at 6 a.m. Yeah. It needs to be uploaded, mm. right? And, and and it shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be no issues with the audio. Yeah. It shouldn't be no issues with the read. Yeah. It should be clear. It, be, it should be concise. And so the enunciation and pronunciation yeah. or whatever, I'm, whatever word I'm supposed to be using right there should be correct. And so yeah. it should be clear. It should be crisp. And I should understand, the audience should understand what I'm asking to do and make sure that call to action is in there too yeah. because you can have this read say hey Target is great Target is wonderful now back to our content and you didn't say hey go to Target.com this that and the other oh, yeah. it's, it's little nuances like that okay. that can somewhat find yourself in some trouble so yeah, again yeah. it comes with responsibility when it comes to monetization right yeah. and so and I, again I'm not trying to detract people from monetizing no for sure but it's one of those things where it's like be careful what you're asking for yeah. because yeah. it's not just as simple as collecting a check and cash yeah that. now it's one of those things man where you're telling us what's up the road right 100%. so you can be prepared before you get there because I think the goal is to get there right and the mm-hmm. last thing you want to do is Get there and not be fully prepared. And, and, and the thing is, Kelvin, I'm just going to keep it 100 with mm-hmm. you real quick because, like, people who look like you and me are not in these spaces. Yeah. And, and, and so when one of us gets in those spaces and you learn something, it's important to send that elevator back down, right? Yeah. Because I would rather, you know, me screw up mm-hmm. and, and and then and then you learn from my screw up. Yeah. I, I would rather that happen than you just be out here yeah, and yeah, trying yeah. to figure it out, For right? Sure. So. So just, just, that's just something to be mindful of. Another thing to be mindful of is like two two more points. Mm-hmm. A second thing is when it comes to growing your audience, because obviously, you know, one of the things that people say, you got to grow the audience, what's the following, yeah. this, that, and the other. Not all sponsors care about that. Okay. Some sponsors care about not necessarily how many people are following you, but how many people are actively engaged gotcha. with your content, right? Yeah. It's more so important about the return on investment than... 50,000 people. For example, yeah. you know, uh, businesses and organizations are more willing to invest in a person who has 25,000 loyal follow- followers okay. than just people, somebody who has 3 million people yeah. that's, you know, following, subscribed or whatever. For sure. Because for sure. with those 25,000 people, I know what I'm going to get. Yeah. They're going to go to Target.com. Yeah. They're going to go to Chipotle or whatever. Yeah. Or whatever. They're, they're going to go to these places. Mm-hmm. To, to get that call to action is going to be, you know, uh, fulfilled. So yeah. there's also that part. Yeah, it's that micro versus this, you know. 100%. It, it was it yeah. was a MIT professor who told me that more and more brands are going for micro-influencers okay. than, than the big bang whatever. Yeah. Frame and, and, micro it, for me. What is that, what is that size? So it, it depends, right? Like, it, you know, it, it's like the term millennial. If you're born in 1980 <laughs> or 82, yeah. some say that's a millennial, some say it's not. So it, It's it, about it, the best way you can describe right, it. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, it depends on who's asking, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people say a micro-influencer is 50,000 people. Some okay. people say it's 5,000 subscribers or gotcha. followers. So it just kind of depends. They just want to know that whoever is in, you know, you, know, you have the attention of, yeah. you're going to get some return on that investment. Okay. That, right. That's what's most important. Gotcha. And more and more brands are shifting in that mindset. There's still mm-hmm. some people who are still on the whole 
Big bang for the book, this, that, and the other. Uh, But it's more so that return on investment. Yeah. And I can see that being powerful too, right? Because I did a pop-up networking uh, event, you know, a couple days back and literally had six hours to put it together, but shot it out in Mm -hmm. our text group and 40 people showed up, right? But that's something that you know that you have control over, a community of people that's willing to come because they know the value that you bring. Right. Now, it's not no mega influencer, right? Uh, But they know that when I shoot out something, it's going to be 100% something that I stand behind. 100%. Yo, what's going on, Equity Chasers? Listen, I know you guys are enjoying the episode. Real quick, I know that you guys have already subscribed to the channel, so that's not why I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you guys because we have some major things that we're going to be rolling out. So what I need you to do is pause the video, go down to the description. Right above the description of the video, you're going to see a link. That link is going to give you access to our email list. I need you to subscribe. So when we roll out some of these things, you'll be one of the few that can get into the room. What are we going to roll out? We're going to be opening up our studios this summer. We're going to be letting you guys come in. We're going to be letting you guys watch us record live. We also have some live events planned. We have a lot of things that we're going to be rolling out for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to take your business, your game to the next level this summer. You're going to want to hit that email list and tap in. Look, let's do this. Let's get back to the video. Thank you. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because that brings me something to another point I I, want to highlight because, you know, it's also in a way you could possibly be sued or whatever. It's like, Mm -hmm. let's say the sponsors say, we're going to give you this check. Mm -hmm. We want you to do live read, but we also need you to come to two live events. Okay. You know, in these cities. Yeah. And if you don't show up, that's a breach of contract. Yeah, 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 for sure. So wow. there's also that. But also at the same time, I think it's also, you know, what you're talking about highlights the importance of doing stuff that you can't do on a couch to promote the show. Yeah. For example, pop-up, pop-up situations, mm-hmm. uh, live audience, you yeah, know, situations yeah. and stuff like that. Going to conferences and getting a booth, yeah, right? And set sure. up and, and, and do some live podcasting yeah, from there. That's cool. You have to be willing to get from behind the microphone mm-hmm. to promote this thing, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because your competition, for the most part, they're not doing that, yeah. right? So if you're able to go out and engage with the people, that's another piece to grow that following. But And also come across a potential sponsor because yeah. if you know if you're buying a booth that means there's other brands buying a booth yeah. which means you can be there mm. and, and networking with them yeah. as well I, I, I've grown uh, shows many a times by just going to conferences and having a booth and saying hey this is the show this mm-hmm. is what it's all about uh, you know would you like to do a live listen you know yeah. and have a, like a laptop in my headphone oh, yeah. set up that's dope yeah. like just kind of okay. listen to okay. get a little sample sample you For know sure. what I mean you know, it's almost like a little listening lab yeah. so you know again while this industry is in its infancy and it's kind of in the wild west, I mean, that means it's also it's little to no regulation. Now, yeah. as it matures, it's going to be more and more For sure. rules and stuff like that. But as of right now, you take advantage of the fact that it's not highly regulated yeah. and that nobody can come in and say you're canceled mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So there's that. And I want to just one last point yeah. I want to mention. Don't don't be limited to podcasting. I mean, monetizing just the podcast. Okay. Because as you become a podcaster, think about it. If you're, if you're a one-person band or whatever, mm-hmm. you're editing, you're sound designing, you're yeah. putting music in, you're writing scripts and stuff like that. Each bits of those pieces can be monetized to other people. Mm. Okay. For example, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a deal with the United Way to write a, a limited five-part series okay. for them. Wow. They don't want me to record it. They don't want me to edit. They just want me to write the script. Just to write it. Just yeah. to write the script. Okay. And they're going to cut a check for that. Yeah. So again, uh. don't just think about monetizing the show. Think about monetizing the skill sets. Yeah. 
that create the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's interesting, man. I think a lot of people are gonna find benefit in just that that statement alone uh-huh. because that's all we do is think about, or at least I'm speaking for myself when I gotcha. thought think about monetizing the podcast is ads. I don't really think about a lot of the other opportunities. Think, like I said, think about your, you know, you have your camera set up. Yeah. You know, you, you're, you're doing editing, or you have an editing team, or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. You're, you're directing stuff. You're producing. Yeah. Even if it's just a situation where you listen to a show mm-hmm. and you say, "Hey." I think you should think about, you know, adding this element to your show or this segment to your show. That's for a sure. producer, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And so you can do that for other shows or the podcast. You know, I think a lot of times people go with the the the, the coaching model, yeah. right? You know, or the, yeah, yeah, or the class. Yeah. Well, there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Let me be clear about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, but that's just one one piece of a pie that yeah, we can yeah. go into. You can write, you can, like, literally, NPR had a... Um, had a um, a job posting on Indeed mm-hmm. for just sound design. Yeah. Putting music effects and stuff like that. <laughs> 95 grand. Yeah. Wow. Just to sound, not edit, not record, not whatever, mm-hmm. just to sound design. Mm. So if that is true, yeah. that means there's like, we're talking about close to what, 5 million podcasts out there? Now, obviously it's not, you can't reach all of them. For sure. My point is like there's enough of them that's going to that could use that, that benefit. Service, yeah. They could use that service. And sure. if you've been doing this for six months, a year, mm-hmm. maybe you can write for another show. Maybe you can produce for another show. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you can sound design for another show. Maybe you're a, maybe you have a pipeline of guests mm-hmm. or a Rolodex of guests or a black book, wherever you want to put it, yeah. to get those people that you know onto your onto their show. Okay. Right? You know, yeah. so uh, you know cuz there's, there's opportunity everywhere. You just got to look deep. Yeah. Again, like, you know, you just have to be intentional and just like just sometimes stop, mm-hmm. look at the landscape and see like how I can best position myself yeah. to do yeah. other stuff. So Man, that is interesting. I want to uh, ask you kind of a, a tricky question. I okay. know you've started a couple shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, so twofold, you know, how many shows have you started since you've been in the podcast game, and which one has been the, the most fun or maybe your favorite one to do? It's <sighs> like asking me who my favorite child is. Um, I started multiple shows. So the first one, obviously, was The Startup Life. It was the mm-hmm. business entrepreneurship show. So there's that. And then um, me and Ron Brooks, you know, I think you know yeah, Ron I know Brooks. Ron. We started a, a podcast network a few years ago. And from there, I, I launched uh, Just Blurting, which is a Black Blurred podcast. Okay. And stuff like that. And also Nothing But Buckets was an NBA podcast, right? Gotcha. And so, you know, and we got, and they did really well for mm-hmm. as long as they did, right? Uh, you know, one person said, man, like, nothing but buckets is just as good as ESPN's mm. show. Like, thank you for that. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. You know, uh, podcasters love compliments like that. Yeah. But from there, um, I, you know, I do the show that I do for the Meadows, right? Mm-hmm. So when they hired me, they uh, brought me on to do the show called Beyond Theory. And so Beyond Theory is a show about uh, interviewing advocates and clinicians in the mental health behavioral space okay. and talk to them about uh, kind of a law and order rip from the headlines, kind of what's going on in the mm-hmm. world of behavioral health and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, you know, we did that. Let me let me put a pin in the conversation yeah, sure, right go here. For it. Yeah. Uh, because I know you have... I'm just thinking about your background, right? Yeah. And so to have this type of conversation, is that something that you were already in that space? No. Or is that things you had to study to understand? Study, I mean, even now, yeah. there, there's, there's, <laughs> you know, yeah, there's, I, I show prep. Yeah. So, and again, just here's another one of those nuggets that people don't see when you're podcasting. For every hour of content that you see or mm-hmm. listen to, 
there's four to five hours of show prep that is done. Yeah, yeah. Right? And so that is how you win Webbies. That is how you win Communicator Awards. That is yeah. how you win W3s. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, could you just turn on a microphone and this, that, and the other? That's fine. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. But when you talk no, about- a skill, man. No, it is. Yeah. It is. But like, if you want to go to a different level, mm-hmm. right? you're trying to do, you know, you're trying to get the bag, as the kids yeah. say, right? <laughs> then we have to do more. Yeah. You have to do more. I, I've been reminded of, you know, something the, the late, great Kobe Bryant talked about in an interview, you know, and that's something I ascribe to, the mama mentality, yeah. 100%. Oh, man, absolutely. When he talked about like- Edging yourself from the competition, right? You know, yeah, most people, you know, they only work out in, you know, maybe a little bit for the summer yeah. and stuff like that. But he was talking about how he works out from two to four, rest, three, you know, eight to nine, rest, yeah, 12, yeah. To, 12 to two, rest, five to six, rest, mm-hmm. right? You know, and think about how much more, you know, further along you are than the competition. Yeah. And they'll never catch up. That compound interest. Right. Yeah, and yeah. so, again, people think when you hear the Mamba mentality, he's talking about about basketball. Mm-hmm. It's so much more than just basketball. Yeah. It's a it's literally a mentality yeah, yeah, yeah. of getting better, improving, and separating yourself from the competition. But, yeah. you know, again, like I said, you know, we do Beyond Theory. Uh, you know, I show prep for, you know, every single episode, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I took it over from the guy who, you know, was my predecessor and stuff gotcha. like that. And then from there, I created a new show for them called Recovery Replay. So Recovery oh. Replay is the one that they love the most. Gotcha. So Recovery Replay shares the story of people who have gone through trauma, addiction, okay. and have, you know... Come out the other side of it, right? Even though we know recovery is an everyday thing, you're never cured from addiction. You're never cured from a trauma. It's an everyday, ongoing thing or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And so I created that show for them, and it was something they had never heard before in the behavioral health space. Not just at the Meadows, but Mm -hmm. in the in the industry itself. Okay, because I created the pilot, and uh, they let the uh, they let the uh, one of our senior fellows. Senior fellows are the people who at our company. Who are like the creme de la creme? They like they literally coined the phrase "sex addiction." They literally okay. coined the phrase "whatever," <laughs> right? And so, I let one of the senior fellows hear, and he's like, "This young man may have totally changed the way we tell these stories of recovery." Wow. I've never heard this before, mm-hmm. and I've been doing this for over forty years. Okay, and so when you're able to create something again. Tell me something I've never heard before, yeah. or tell it in a way I've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. So again. You know, uh, when you're able to do that, you're able to create something new, something different yeah. in a space that's that's long, you know, that's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to answer your ultimate question, mm-hmm. my my baby is black as America. Okay. You know, that's something I own is under Al's Education Company. And so it's an African-American history podcast that uh, that highlights little known African-American, you know, stories and figures and stuff like that. And that's gotcha. the one we won the Webby for. Okay. Uh, it, it, it now has 10 trophies at the house just wow. for that show. Uh, and so um, it, it's it, that's my legacy piece. Sanaa, a mutual friend of ours, she <laughs> said that this is your legacy show, like yeah, this yeah. show. And so be, to be able to have people to listen to Black history in a way that's haven't been presented before has been has been very eye opening. Yeah. And people say like I've never heard history before. My friend said, "Man, I don't think I've ever heard Black history that <laughs> combines facts, history, the culture." The whole nine, right? Because you know, I'll, I'll 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 say stuff on there like f around and find out or yeah. whatever, right? Because it just goes to show that history or something like that, it doesn't have to be boring. It doesn't have to be stoic, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? Like you can put a little put a little stum in there, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still 
part of who you are, still getting the message across. You can be stoic when you can be stoic, and you can yeah. have, have some levity when you need some levity, for right? Sure, for sure. Uh, but those those are those are my babies. And then there's probably about about seven to eight shows in my Google Doc mm-hmm. that they're 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 pilot shows. They're okay. they're the idea shows. Like I I have like a I wrote a treatment for about. For all of them, right? Okay, so, like, okay. you know, what it's supposed to look like, what it's supposed to sound like, a format, mm. this, that, and the other, right? Yeah, so, yeah. there's literally like about seven, eight, seven, eight shows in the chamber yeah. in different genres. Man, there's so many layers to it that I want to dive into. Uh, let me ask you this, man, kind of transitioning sure. a little bit into the mindset, man, because you've mentioned a couple things that you know will go over people's head if we don't if we don't slow down and address them. Sure. One of them was. You know, tell me in a way that I haven't been told before or show me something that I haven't seen before. Correct. And then now you've incorporated this Mamba mentality. Like these are things that are ingrained in your DNA because these are things that you say and that you do in the way that you live, man. But how did you form that perspective of, you know, how do I find something fresh, something new? How do I repackage it? Because that's a skill. And then how does the Mamba mentality kind of wrap all of that up? I, I think it's it's a situation of, well, I, I'll give you two books. Okay. Two books that I read. The first one is kind of where the mama mentality comes from. It's, uh, it's called Relentless by Tim Grover. Yeah, yeah. I've heard of Relentless Right. Before. And so for those of you who are not familiar, Tim Grover was the trainer for Kobe Bryant, yeah. Michael Jordan, okay. stuff like that. You're probably the second person that, yeah. uh, that's been on the show that mentioned that, that book. That is my mindset Bible. Okay. Real talk. Mm-hmm. Because, that, 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 because it's one of those things where it's like, you ever had a feeling where you're like, I think I'm on the right path. And I think I'm doing it right, but I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. Relentless gave me the the, the green light, like, no, you're on the right path. Oh, man. Double, I need to read that right triple now. down. Yeah. Triple down. Right? But no, like, to have that mindset, it was just one of those things where it's like, to, sometimes you just have to stop, mm-hmm. right? And pay attention to the landscape. Yeah. And ask yourself, what's missing from black history? Okay. What's missing from behavioral health? What's missing from, you know, content... That comes from us. You you had recently on uh, Sean Wick who don't miss yeah, 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 on yeah. your show, right? And you kind of you guys kind of talked about you know people who create shows for you know a particular type of audiences or whatever, sure. right? And so you know even though I'm black, Beyond Theory and Recovery Replay has a primarily white audience, mm-hmm. okay, right? Okay. And so just because you know people say oh you know oh, he's black, it must be entertainment or culture, yeah. That may be true, and we do that well, and mm-hmm. I'm not telling people not to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. but we can go into other spaces, and yeah. if you feel like you want to go in those other spaces, go into those other spaces. Sure. So sometimes the difference is who's presenting the content, Okay. right? Because true enough, Beyond Theory has a primarily white audience, mm-hmm. right? But how can I connect with them? Yeah. Share with them shared ideas that we both have. For sure. Right? And then get into some of the tough stuff. For example, I I talk about how, you know, uh, you know, reliving trauma of like, you know, living Lamar Terry's projects here in Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Right? And like how I remember getting um a a Super Nintendo on Christmas Day. Yeah. Right. And and I'm and I'm a six, you know, nine-year-old kid, whatever year, with 92 or 91, one of those years, up in my room upstairs playing the game. But now as an adult, I'm thinking about how my mom is downstairs, probably anxiety, because what we do know in the black community mm-hmm. is that like, if you get something nice, 
don't throw the box away yeah, in the garbage yeah. can because you're letting people know yeah. what's in your house. Yeah, yeah. It's just right? it's a commandment. Exactly, <laughs> right? And so it's like when you're when you're able to present stories like that, for some mm-hmm. people who don't look like you, some of them can relate. Yeah. And for some people who don't look like you, maybe they can't relate, but it, it opens up the mind of like, I never thought of that yeah, before. Yeah, for sure. For so sure. it's like if they're dealing with stuff like this, maybe, maybe there's some validity to yeah. the racial trauma that they talk about that they're having. Yeah. And so sometimes you just have to, it, it's in, it's indicative of the person to present it mm-hmm. to a new audience because sometimes that's what's missing. Yeah. Sometimes it's the person presenting it. And so I, I, I think that's why we're able to, to have people to follow that show and listen yeah. to that show. Uh, and so that's important to me, but it's, it's to have this mindset It's just years and years of, trial and error trying to figure out what's what's missing mm-hmm. and then attacking that yeah because yeah. it, it doesn't take much it really doesn't yeah yeah man dude it is um you know some things you put in the category of skill some things you put in the category of talent and as i listen to you talk man i'm i'm putting it all in the category of talent but of course you have to work hard to develop your talent, man because you do have a, a vision right and you do have a mindset to be able to see because just that story alone of not throwing the box away, right? Like, we know that as African-Americans, it's been a part of our life, but to be able to pull that out, share that in, with the audience, you know what I'm saying, and be able to connect, that is a, that's a talent, man, and, and you're able to pick apart things like that, and I think that contributed, you know, to a lot of the success that you're having. I, I appreciate that. I, I think it's it, 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 it's it's naive, yeah. but it, it, it's a belief. I, I feel that things like, and I don't want to get too deep into oh, you good, this, man. but I'll, I'll, I'll go here just for a second. I feel as if, for the most part, things like racism and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it can't be fully cured or whatever, right? Okay. But I think we can make inroads starting with how we are alike. Yeah. And so I start with there. Okay. Right? And so, and, and, and that's not even a thing with like racism, even like with a, trying to connect with an audience. Mm-hmm. You're trying to bring them in to make them feel seen, okay. to make them feel heard. So, you know, that's why it's important for podcasters that I, I try to... Uh, tell them to put a little bit of yourself in the content. Yeah. Right. Because because like I can tell you, hey, you should go start a business and get an LLC and this is how you do it. Yeah. But you should share with them, you know, how like, yeah, I tried to go get an LLC and then I did get it. But I thought that was going to be enough to get the funding. Yeah. And then I talk about how like, you know. How how mentally drained I was that it didn't work out mm-hmm. that way. Okay. And like because like the audience like. That happened to me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a story, sure. right? And so now you're building this bond and building yeah. this connection with that person. And then that makes that call to action later on, like, you know, visit my podcast, subscribe, yeah, yeah, yeah. this and the other, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's building that connection, but but also, again, finding that difference, like stopping, thinking what's different, finding what's different, yeah. and then going in on that. But like, no, I, I think, you know, and I'll say this and I'll land my plane really quick, mm-hmm. quickly. I think Take your time, man. I, I think it's um, as as black black content creators, we can create whatever content we want. Yeah, right. You know, there's a guy on Instagram right now. I love him to death. I feel like he's gonna be on Animal Planet yeah. one day. His name's Corey Ewings, <laughs> okay. he, and people like send him pictures and video of like these strange, random like animals. Yeah, and he and, and with the with the culture. And the swag, <laughs> he, he he talks about these animals, yeah, right. And so that's not really a space that we're highly in, mm-hmm. but he's doing well with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I think if you're a, a black person who loves anime, mm-hmm. 
If you're a black person who loves golf, yeah. if you're a black person who loves, I don't know, bottled water, yeah. <laughs> and you want to talk about bottled water, mm-hmm. you there's a space for you. And so you and you can talk about bottled water like, you know, you know, you know I like this bottled water, like Ozarka versus Dasani versus Voss versus yeah, whatever. There's a lot of, a lot of so, dialogue right there. So yeah. again, sometimes, you know, we want to go after the low-hanging fruit when it comes to content, mm-hmm. but like- if we just stop and just think, like, how can I vary this whatever? Because sometimes, I, I tell people all the time, sometimes I have to have people not talk to me because, like, you'll say something like, now I got a content, a podcast idea. I need yeah. to put in my Google Docs, <laughs> right? I got you that know, so, on my phone, too. Yeah, yeah. My, my, my wife said something yesterday, and I started, you know, jotting stuff down. But you know, it's it's just stopping and just paying attention, and just trying to find what's different. Yeah, just yeah. Trying to, I know we went on a whole. No, 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 man. This so. has been good, man. <laughs> Let me ask you, bro. I want I'm curious. Yeah. What's next for you uh, as we kind of wrap up, man? Because I I've seen you doing more pop ups. I've seen mm-hmm. you uh, teaching more about podcasting, and you know, I've had a chance to listen to some of the conversations. And of course, this is just a snippet of it. That's why I say it's so <laughs> deep, man. I got to get you back on. But what's next for you? You've accomplished so much. Um, honestly, it, it, it's continuing that it's um, it's um, I'm doing a lot of judging of podcast awards now. So that that's the okay. thing. That's the thing when you start winning them, they ask yeah. you to be a judge, right? <laughs> you know, they 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 invite you to the academy yeah. if you say. So I'm a member of what is it called, the Academy of Interactive and Visual Arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we judge, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. Right now, I'm judging uh, the W three awards, also the Black Podcast Awards. I'm okay. judging those as well. Uh, so I'm doing a lot of that, doing a lot of teaching yeah. uh, at the Cosset Library here in Memphis with our, our mutual friend uh, Ina Esco, who yep. serves as innovator in residence there. Uh, so doing a lot of teaching, doing some workshops, which mm-hmm. has always been fun. You know, still doing my work at the Meadows. Actually, getting ready to travel here in a few okay. in a few months. I got to go to. Uh, Atlanta for a grand opening and stuff like that. Gotcha. You know, um, so and then uh, go to Atlanta for a grand opening. Fly to Baltimore for the Afros and Audio Festival. Yeah. Come back home for two days <laughs> and then go to Vegas for another conference. Yeah, man. Right. So like I that, get my conference game up. You on the go, man. Listen again. That that's where that that's where uh, I think that's a a missed opportunity for many podcasters yeah. is to go to conferences, set up a booth. You know, talk about your show, get a vertical banner, yeah, you yeah. know, have some some swag and stuff like that, mm-hmm. a few giveaways. Like, you, you'll be amazed how uh, many people will, you know, will will you know, gravitate towards that, yeah, right? Yeah. And honestly, podcasting is the sexy thing now. So everybody, ooh, I, want, you know, I thought about starting a podcast. So they'll just come over yeah. just for that reason. Uh, but also, I'll, I'll say this as well, because a lot of times people will, will listen to my shows from Behavioral Health. And other behavioral health companies use it as educational pieces for their clients. Mm. So, like now, we're you know we're leading industry in that regard as well. Okay. Because I told my boss, I was like, "Listen, if we're going to be the leader in this space, we got to be the leader in the conversation. That that mm-hmm. falls on me. Okay. And so we need to innovate. We need to be you know engaging. We got to yeah. we got to give a little bit of sauce, but we also got to give the education yeah. as yeah. well, right? So for sure, for I, sure. I'm doing a lot of that. Doing a lot of workshops. You know. Um, uh, submitted for a few more awards as well. The the Signal Awards nomination should be coming out soon okay. as well. So yeah, man, just traveling, workshopping, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, get uh, picked by that uh, workshop thing for South by Southwest for yeah. next year. I know you're in, in, in that we'll running as well. Hope, yeah. hope I didn't spill the beans. I do. A, you can edit this out. <laughs> nah, you fine. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> 
But, uh, you know, but uh, doing that stuff as well may have a thing at the um, National Civil Rights Museum this February as well. And then I told you about the United Way thing. So, uh, and then there's another, um, you know, due to my work on Black is America, another podcast studio out of New York has asked me to send some samples and they may want me to do some uh, writing uh, for a, a black history project And they made me sign an NDA So okay. you so you know It's some some serious stuff there yeah. They told me not to divulge a whole bunch of like details And stuff like that So just, just keep it at that <laughs> uh, So uh, But yeah It's it's a lot of stuff in the pipeline yeah, It's a lot of stuff in the pipeline Bro I gotta get you back on Because I want to hear all about it You know as you go through these experiences Because it's so much uh, game to be learned You know uh, And you're a few years ahead of us in this, man. And, you know, I'm jumping in and I'm trying to run as, as fast as I can and as strong as I can, man. Mm-hmm. And having you as a resource to tap into. And just for my audience that don't know, you were one of the first phone calls I called, people I called when I got ready to start the podcast. And, man, you took my call and gave me a ton of game on, you know, equipment and things like that, man. So I appreciate it because a lot of times when people have that level of success, sometimes they're not touchable. Man, you've been, you know, very in- instrumental in, you know, in not only just helping me, but the Memphis community of podcasters, you know, grow. You and Eno were one of the podcasts, the front runners, you know what I'm saying, in helping us in this space, man. So I appreciate that. I, I appreciate you, you saying that. And, uh, you know, the, the thing is, is like, why I need to hoard all this information? Yeah. Like, why? Like, if, you know... I, I'm 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 happy with life. I, I think a lot of people do that because they're scared or they're not happy with life. Mm-hmm. I think we first need to get happy with life yeah. and, and happy with what you're doing. Man, I get paid to talk into a microphone. Yeah. That's a scam to me. <laughs> but that, 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 I, I, I run that joke all the time. Like I'm just running this scam till they figure out they're paying me every two weeks <laughs> sure. to, to to do this. And so I I know what it's like to come out the mud and get it out the mud and stuff yeah. like that from Memphis and stuff like that. And I know there are other people from this area who love podcasting. Yeah. Why not share that information? For sure. Like, and, and if for some reason they surpass me, by all means, even if it's just an ego trip, I'm gonna yeah. be like, hey, I put them on. Yeah, 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 right. Sure. So even if it's just that, but like, but it, but it's not about that. Yeah, yeah. It's just more so like, why not? Yeah. Like, you know, sure. there, there's a there's enough of this pie to go around, and, yeah, and yeah. the pie and the pie there's enough of this pie going around, and the pie is ever expanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of opportunity. Right. Man, in closing, bro, I want to let people know how they can keep up with you. And I'm all I almost don't even want to ask because you've given out so much game, man. (laughs) But but any advice that you have, uh, and I'll kind of frame it, of course. We have people that's on the other side of the camera that's gonna be watching this and they're gonna want to start a podcast. And maybe they have some fears of being on camera or not knowing, you know, the education to get started, man. Any advice that you have for them uh, would be greatly appreciated. Sure. Man, listen. I hope you guys got a lot out of this conversation. I know it definitely blessed me. It was, bro, this was a profitable conversation. Uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on and do this, man. Uh, if you guys are finding value out of the content, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, turn on the notification. Also, I need you to scroll down to the description of the video. I'm going to put all of Dominique's contact down in the bottom. Do me a favor. If you found value, tap in with him. Go follow him on his social media platforms. Check out his podcast. I'm going to drop all his information and tap in with him. Man, Dominique, again. I appreciate this, man. I know you got a, a crazy schedule. You know, you're in demand, uh, but I know we attempted to make this happen, and, you know, it just, it, we were able to make it happen today. Hey, we, man. Got it, we got it done today, so that's all that yeah, matters. Yeah, this was good, man. So, in closing, let people know how they can keep up with you and any advice you have, man. The floor is yours. Sure thing. So, you can subscribe to any of my podcasts, Beyond Theory, Recovery Replay. 
uh, uh, Black is America, and even the Startup Life. The Startup Life has over 300 episodes that are still there, still valuable information for you to get from that. Uh, you can follow me on LinkedIn, Dominic Lawson, D-O-M-I-N-I-C-L-A-W-S-O-N. You find me on LinkedIn and also on Instagram. I've been doing a little bit more on Instagram. Yeah, I know trying, we talked about that try, last time. Trying to be better <laughs> about that. So you can find me there at the real Dominic Lawson. Uh, dot com. Uh, and as far as, you know, any lasting piece of advice, I'll just say this. Listen, you know, what you may or may not know in starting this game of podcasting is this, that 95% of the people after episode three are done. Yeah. And, and that's because, you know, they want to start a podcast. They got their hot take. And once that hot take is expired, yeah. there's nothing else. So if that is true and you really have a passion for this game, there's a space for you, right? Like I said, most people don't make it past episode three. There's nobody to come in to, to cancel you. Mm -hmm. There's nobody to come in and say, you're done, mm -hmm. right? It's just a matter of if you're done or not. Yeah. And then the last piece I'll just share is this. If you're going to start a podcast, I suggest, I highly suggest that you have at least five episodes that you want to do. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily have to be in the can. They don't have to be recorded. Yeah. At the very least, just an outline, mm -hmm. an outline of five episodes. If you're able to do that, if you're able to do that, then you know I think that's going to start you on a path, the path of success. Yeah. And I'll see you in New York at the Webby's. Yeah, man. Look, I can't think of a better way to close it out, bro. I appreciate this big time, man. The feeling is mutual. Bro. All right, good brother. Listen, man, until the next time, I need y'all to stay tapped in.